1: Both sets come in giftable boxes with savings up to
0: $48 and free shipping for a limited time. For 10% off your first order site wide, go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM.
1: Welcome to the HIV Podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah and I'm Jess and between
0: us we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as
1: possible HIV educated. Hi everyone, a little note before the podcast starts. We'll be doing a special edition for World AIDS Day on the 1st of December. If you'd like us to promote an event you're holding or you'd like a shout out, DM us on Instagram and we'll include as many as we can. Now on with the podcast.
0: Welcome to the HIV podcast. I'm not gonna make you play
1: rock, paper, scissors with me because we seem to fail at that. So I just took, I just took it. I just went for it today. Took charge. I think that's good because I think the last episode where we did that, I think it highlights to Sean how much time we waste. <laughs> I feel like it's actually
0: the perfect example of our working life together.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Is him listening to that. Just tutting the God. Come on, you two. Get it together. We've got it together this week, Sean. We are focused. Here we go assertive.
0: We're on it. I don't have loads of news because, again, let's be honest, we've recorded these in a little bit of a... We're well, not bulk because that's not true, but we recorded two together. So we did Gia last week and now we are doing this week's episode because we like to do them in pairs. Also, it reduces how often I have to see you. So there's a, every cloud. And also, it means that we don't have to have a Troll Corner again. Because there's not been enough time gone by for us to get trolled more, <laughs> so you know, troll corner's not this week. No condiment corner. No knees corner. No nothing. There is not. There's no corner. There are no corners here. No corner no. cutting. Maybe. Do you like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's let's move on. So. Tell me what we're up to. Well, I actually know what we're up to this week.
1: You do know what we're up to. So we said last week we've had quite a few people get in contact. I'm so grateful that people take the time to get in contact to suggest episodes. It makes our life so much easier. This person has suggested that we relook at the AIDS campaign in the 80s, the Don't Die of Ignorance campaign, and in particular, look at the leaflet. And this person is a genius. They never thought of looking at the leaflet
0: before. So they left us a comment and they said, it'd be interesting to have a short follow-up on the leaflet itself. The TV advert was akin to a Hollywood action trailer for The Leaflet, and that ad could have
1: been considered informative. Oh, and that the ads. Right, I'm going to start this again. Oh, my God. You've got one job, Jess. Come on. We've just announced to Sean that we're going to be fakers this week. (laughs) I I can't even read. No, I know. (laughs) right.
0: Begin again, everybody. It'd be interesting to have a short follow-up on The Leaflet itself. The TE... God. Oh for the, the love it? of God. The TV advert was akin to a Hollywood action trailer for the leaflet. And that the ad could have been considered informative seems ludicrous. But was the government approved? But was the government approved leaflet well regarded by the sexual health professionals of 1987? That's the comment. And apologies to the person that actually made the comment for my absolute
1: butchering of it. Even though I've switched off, I'm not listening. Hi, what are we doing? The leaflet. The leaflet. Okay, so this is a good shout. Actually, I enjoyed doing this. Plus, I get to indulge my hatred of the campaign. So I'm happy. The last episode we did was to, or for us to try and help her get over all of the
0: trauma she feels around this, but it did nothing but just continue to stoke the fires. So <laughs> I feel like this is doing it too. And why not? Oh, and if the person would like us to mention them, um. Just either comment below or DM us because we're happy to tag you. We just don't know if people want us to or not. So that's why we don't go willy-nilly tagging everyone in things.
1: Okay, so the leaflet, standard leaflet folded into three. It was sent to every home in the UK to accompany the TV adverts. And it gave a lot more information about the HIV virus than was done in the the ads. Yes, Jessica, you've got your hand up. Look, I'm trying not to butt in. Do we know, was it sent before or after the advert? after I think the adverts came out first and they said the leaflet will come through your door and please read it so it's like pre-warning them that the leaflet's coming oh okay and actually it was a good shout to look at the leaflets because it gives a good insight into attitudes towards sex at the time I mean I've said it before I'll say it again how anybody had sex in the 80s is beyond me because (laughs) it's all terrifying yeah no my parents did have
0: sex in the 80s because I was born in 1982 I confused myself there, like how long's a pregnancy?
1: Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's can't. carry on. Let's pretend that didn't happen. People did have sex in the 80s because you know, lots of girls in my school got pregnant. Lots of teenage pregnancies from the Pervy and teachers. Really? really? Well, three or four, three or four. I don't know if this is normal, but back then I know mean, no one batted an eyelid, whereas now I think surely that can't be right. There were three or four girls at my school that were going out with teachers. Can you imagine?
0: Right, you need to go away and listen. There's a podcast called The Teacher's Pet all around that kind of thing and how
1: horrendous that is. It's an abuse of power. So there was at least one of them fell pregnant by a teacher. I don't know if he got the sack. And one girl in my year, she married one of our teachers. They're still together. I mean, he wasn't even hot. He wore pullovers. I do remember him. He just always, just a bit sweaty and... Teacherish ish Gross. It's, it's just not okay
0: at all. If you're in a position of power, you have to be so aware of your boundaries. But did you find any of your teachers that attractive? No, absolutely not. Not did I. One of our teachers though, and I don't know why you do this as a teacher at a secondary school, he went on blind date and that was it. Everyone would just like shout lines at him from blind date because he'd been on there. And he used to like properly lose his temper. And I get kids are annoying, but it's like, you did this sort of to yourself. Work in a secondary school. You went on blind date. You gave everyone so
1: much ammunition. Bananas. Why are we started talking about teachers? Let's go. Back yeah, to no, it's not good. Out. We're saying
0: that people were definitely having sex in the eighties, but oh yeah, that's right. In my school, so, yes, happy. so that
1: is happy. true. Yes. I was born in the eighties.
0: Girls at your school were getting knocked up. People definitely having sex.
1: Yes. So the leaflet sent out to houses, all the houses in the UK, in an envelope, very fetching envelope, and on the front of the envelope it says, "This leaflet is being sent to every household in the country to inform." everyone about AIDS in order to help stop the spread of this serious disease. It deals with matters of health and sex that may be disturbing. Please make sure everyone in your household who may need this information sees it. And it gives a number for a special AIDS line, what they called it. Number doesn't work now because I thought if I rang it, I might get to speak to you. Did, did you ring <laughs> the What? <laughs> Um, tell me, you actually rang it though. You can't. It doesn't connect. It doesn't oh, got enough numbers in it anymore. Not enough numbers. I just imagine you going, "Oh yes, I do this on the side, Sarah." Hi. Oh, <laughs> is, that, is that how you think I sound? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's your telephone voice. Okay. So the front cover of the leaflet is, of course, it's grey. The whole campaign was grey. And it's got the AIDS logo, you know, the one that the ad agency came up with, AIDS with the line underneath. And then it's got, don't die of ignorance in big, shouty letters. I do not care for the tone of it, if I'm honest. I also know what, what we're going to find that's quote-unquote disturbing
0: within it. Well, that's that we're sounds like it. some sort of kinky sex practices in there. If we're calling it disturbing, then surely there must be something quite bad in there.
1: Oh, absolutely, Jess. I was shocked and horrified to the core. Okay, so look, leaflet split into 10 questions. So the first one is why you've been sent the leaflet. So it explains it's being sent to everyone to raise awareness about AIDS. Everybody needs to know the facts. And then it says, as per the envelope, because it has to deal with matters of health and sex, you may find some of the information disturbing. And that is what caught my attention too, because I was like, what on earth are they talking about? What is so disturbing that this is going to shock people? But Shows the culture at the time. Disturbing is quite a dark word. It's not that you're saying it's like sensitive
0: information. I understand that more. Now, if you've got young kids or something, maybe you don't, but to call it disturbing.
1: I know. Imagine a culture where sex is disturbing, exactly what you're saying. My mind is literally, it's it's blowing as we go because it's the link. It,
0: this is what is causing even more stigma around the advert that maybe we didn't realise before because I didn't know. They just kept linking disturbing to asex. And be the term AIDS.
1: So now that's what we're repeating, isn't it? That's what these households are seeing. I think they're talking about gay sex. They must be. That must be what the disturbing element of the leaflet is. Because everyone had sex. Even Margaret Thatcher had sex at some point. She had children. In the 80s, find sex disturbing. Something not to be discussed or read about. Was sex just about making babies? I don't know. Not about enjoyment, right?
0: I'm with you. It feels like what they're trying to do is point fingers slightly, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like they're saying also. In saying that, I don't know. Because being able to rape your wife, that was completely legal at that Mm. point. We know that was only until the 90s. So perhaps it is. I was about to go off onto a totally different tangent where I was like men just don't want anybody to enjoy sex. It's just for them. You're right. I'm sorry. Everyone's having sex. So you're not finding it disturbing. So yes, you are trying to say that it's
1: around gay sex. That's how that feels. It has to be. And to look into that in more detail. Do you know what I did? I Googled. Don't do this, by the way. It's a, it's a stupid thing to do. I Googled about, about sex in the 80s, basically, because I thought maybe that will show me some articles about attitudes towards sex. So all I put in was sex in the 80s. What it brought up was uh, links to uh, porn for older people. Oh. <laughs> did you put I mean there were sex? articles about yeah so what it's brought up was articles about people having sex in their 80s or just links to people having sex that are in their 80s that's amazing they always put 1980s if you want to google that but I am more educated about older people having sex now so there you go broaden my learning everyone's a winner right yes better filters on our laptops Jess I mean Christ <laughs> When you're really not expecting something to come up. And you're, oh, that's quite graphic. Old people porn is not my thing.
0: Just watching. Yeah, I was going to say, you're watching elderly porn while you're supposed to be at work. I hope you're listening, Sean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's never been more proud. Anyway, look, what I did find was um, horrendous. This is- Statis- oh, God, I can't speak. What I did find was a horrendous statistic from a study completed in 2013, and it's called British Social Attitudes 30. And it's looking at kind of 30 years of attitudes towards all kinds of things in the UK. So one of the stats they quote is in 1983, 17% thought homosexuality was not wrong at all. So in other words, 17% of people think homosexuality is, is fine. By 1987, that had fallen to 11%. That's after all of this campaign has come out. Bad, isn't it? But now, 30 years later, 83, 93, 2013, yes. Yeah, well done. Point. Now, 2013, 47% take this view. So 47% of people think homosexuality isn't wrong. 40, that's so low. While 22% think it's always wrong. You're joking. And this is just in the UK. Yes. One in five people still think homosexuality is always wrong. What a bunch of noddies. No, what a bunch.
0: We all know what's coming here. What a bunch of greasy penises. Yes.
1: That is absolutely. Finally, funny.
0: we found the perfect, the perfect place to put that
1: phrase. There we yes, go. people who took part in this survey. And they surveyed a lot of people, like a huge number of people. Imagine that. Imagine saying, yeah, sex, sex between two men or two women is always wrong. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. So that's ridiculous. I know. Goes on to say the disapproval many people felt about same-sex relationships in the 80s led some to believe that gay men and lesbians should be excluded from aspects of everyday life. In 1983, only 41% thought it acceptable for a homosexual person to be a teacher in a school, while 53% totally disagreed with that statement. What I know nowadays, 2013. they're talking Sarah's.
0: About she, that. She, I know she's being very, very serious now because she started pointing at me.
1: Yeah, the pointy finger out at me. Nowadays, nowadays, but so. in 2013. 83% think it is acceptable for a gay man or lesbian to teach in a school. And nearly everyone, 90%, feels comfortable with a gay person holding a position in public life. That's not nearly everyone. There's still 10%. There are massive greasy penises and they just need to have a word with themselves.
0: And I, do you know what I even hate? That, that there are even surveys that have to ask
1: these questions. I know. But I think we've answered where the disturbing element comes in our leaflet. Clearly, people are horrified by gay people having sex. Just using that term disturbing and linking all of those things is absolutely horrendous. So I still no further forward about how adults felt in general about sex in the 1980s. Maybe Sean or Bernice can help us out with that one. Oh, that's true. We shall ask them a nice conversation to have with your mum over a cup of tea she's quite open is bernie
0: she likes to do a bit of oh to start with a bit of that business like she's you know
1: pretending to be a bit shy about it and then she'll get right into it i would ask my mum but i feel she might be too explicit (laughs) you're just lucky you can talk to your mum and and i I just have like i just can't do it my mum's never had sex me and my sister were like immaculate conception Anyway, yes. back to the leaflet. Let's move on. So the next question in the leaflet is why you should be concerned. And I was just saying, you know, anybody can get AIDS. It's not a homosexual disease. There is no cure and it kills. By the time you read this, probably 500 people, probably 500 people, we've got those firm statistics, but the time you read this, probably 500 people will have died in this country. And it is believed a further 50,000 carry the virus. The number is rising and will continue to rise unless we take precautions. Back then, you didn't have to cite your sources, by the way, because they've done none of that. They're not as good as you are, Sarah. Sarah always cites her sources. Then they say, what is AIDS? Pretty standard response, as we know, virus that kills the immune system. And then they say, how do you become infected? And they say, because the virus can be present in semen and vaginal fluid. Maybe that's the disturbing bit. I don't know. Can I just say, we've forever had a debate whether it's vaginal or vaginal. I know the answer to this. I would say Americans vaginal. say vaginal. UK says vaginal. Are you joking? Is that serious? I honestly I Googled it. I hope I got that the right way around.
0: You've ended the debate. Yeah. I would always say vaginal, like vaginal fluids or vaginal
1: whatever. Your vag. Yeah, that's true. Vagina. Vagina. Vaginal. Anyway, I'm sticking vaginal. with vaginal. I guess, well, they both sound right,
0: but but thank you for answering that, because honestly, I, I kid you guys not, for 14 years, Sarah and I have disagreed about that.
1: So finally, we find out that I'm wrong, which doesn't surprise me. But the way we challenge each other is just by saying the word louder than the other person. <laughs> so uh, shall we put vaginal in our presentation? Yes, but vaginal should be in there. So there we go. Okay. Um, So they're saying, how do you become infected? So for most people, the only real danger comes from having sexual intercourse with an infected person. This means vaginal or anal bracket can also be that oral sex can be risky, particularly if semen is taken into the mouth. Can we just stress oral sex is very, very low risk? Don't listen to this leaflet. And in our episode about protection, we talk about this far more. But that wording, if semen is taken into the mouth, I'm going to use that if we do presentations in future. If you take semen into your mouth. It's just a very 80s British way of talking, isn't it? I would actually say that's
0: the wrong way round. I feel like I can't take your semen from you. I cannot. That's impossible, right? So you have to give it to me because you're the one that's going to ejaculate. Do do you see what I'm saying?
1: Maybe that's how they just spoke in the 80s. Maybe if you were were doing oral sex, then that was a conversation you had. Will you be expecting me to take the semen into my mouth? Whereas now you'd be like, do you want me to spit or swallow?
0: so true. And spit and polish means, means a blowjob, basically. I learned this yesterday. What? does it. I don't know. Ben told me that. I said, it's a bit of spit and polish, isn't it? You know, like they used to say to clean shoes. Yeah. And he mm. said, that means a blowjob. And I said, no, it doesn't. No, it
1: doesn't. Honestly. If anyone else has heard this, please tell us. Oh, he's so alpha male, isn't he, Ben? Linking everything to sex. But what I was going to say was, I think
0: what they're doing with that leaflet, again, I swear it was a man who wrote it. Not that I actually know this, but I'm going to stick with that because they're making whoever is giving the blowjob, whoever has like the penis in their mouth, right? They're making you the responsible party again. So it's not about the man. He's not coming, is he? He's not ejaculating into your mouth. They're making it that you're taking it.
1: Like, no, no, no. Oh, that's very true oh they do go on to clarify that you know you can get it from man to man woman to man man to woman they don't mention cavities Jess this is where they went wrong with this leaflet you talked about cavities I think everyone would have understood what the hell was going on there you go injecting drug users and mother to baby they go on to (laughs) this is my one of my favorite bits it's on talking about how you can protect yourself Uh, and they're saying you know you can't tell if someone's got the virus the more Sexual partners you have, especially male partners, the more chance you have of having sex with someone who is infected, it is safest to stick to one partner. Fewer partners, less risk. I'm trying to dictate this, the kind of sex you're having and who you're having it with. I know. And then they go, unless you are sure of your partner, always use a condom, bracket sheath or rubber. Who's ever called them sheaths? Oh, I sheath. think we should bring that back. Come on, let's bring it back. Rhymes with loads of stuff, Jess. It's amazing. What does it rhyme with? Bequeath underneath we could do a campaign we let's bring sheaths back come on i will my vagina i will bequeath if you wear a sheath (laughs) go back to the tudor times or whatever (laughs) young people be able to massively identify with that i'm going to put you in charge of that campaign or do you know do you know what you should do you have to come up with a campaign for this (laughs) it rhymes with keith right you can come up with a way to get everyone to call their penis keith make it go viral, then we can launch our Keith in a Sheath campaign. Come on. (laughs) Keith in a Sheath? Yes. We literally just had one of the local authorities ask us to come up with a campaign. Imagine if I went back to them, Keith in a Sheath.
0: (laughs) I'm actually going to design something for this, by the way, everyone.
1: Keith in
0: a Sheath.
1: Oh, come on. It's brilliant. I do say so so myself. So, yeah, cover Keith in a Sheath. Come on, everyone. Yeah, Remember let's this. get Keith in a sheath. Yes. Okay, perfect. On it. Okay, underneath the advice to use a condom or sheath, there is a picture of a condom laid out. And you know you're from our condom demonstration. You keep it rolled up. Hold and roll, people. So I don't know why they've done that.
0: Yeah, why would they? So just obviously unused because, or is that the disturbing
1: part? Is it a used condom? Oh, I didn't look closely enough. Just mm-hmm. unrolled and then there's two other condoms near it that are still wrapped up. Was it, to, uh, I don't know, is it just to show people what they look like or? Maybe. All a bit weird. They also, they've got a dr- advice for drug users. Don't share equipment, basically, is the advice in the leaflet. But there is a picture of the equipment underneath that. So the foil, there's a razor blade, there's a, a bowl, needles. So any child who sees the leaflet can see exactly what they'll need to start using heroin. It's <laughs> <laughs> giving them all the tools. Why did you need a picture of the equipment? No, no. <laughs> that's so weird. I need to check, actually, if they actually had. They've got needles. They've got needles in the picture, too. Of course they have. Okay, well, that's okay. Did you say they have a spoon? No, it's like a bowl. The foil, oh. the needles, the razor blades, all oh, there. How odd. I know. Just It's just such a weird picture to put in. You know what I'm saying? Children don't need to know much information, which was Margaret Thatcher's party line wasn't it in the 80s is that the less children knew about life the, the better for them and yet you're putting out pictures like that oh so they've got so a few more questions so if you think you're infected they'd advising you to go to your gp or to the clinic they've got advice about what about things that pierce the skin that's one of the questions and they're saying make sure you know equipment is sterile it's not safe to share a toothbrush or a razor they say um, of someone who is infected. Let's not be doing those things anyway. Who has ever shared a toothbrush? Oh, I've, I've definitely used Ben's toothbrush before.
0: Your face is unbelievable. You've never done that. Do you,
1: you know if you've gone away
0: somewhere and you've forgotten your toothbrush?
1: Buy a new one. I've never shared a toothbrush. Really? In your whole life? No, never. Sacred. Um, am I her- uh, is, Am I disgusting? Yes, you are. We've had this conversation before. I feel like we knew this before the toothbrush incident. Never shared a toothbrush. No, and I don't think anybody else should don't if you are sharing a toothbrush with somebody. Although I feel in the cost of living crisis, it's very unfair to put that shame on anybody because no one can afford toothbrushes anymore.
0: But I feel like the toothbrush is clean once the person has used it, right? So then it's clean. Do you see what I'm saying? No. What you <laughs> what you wash it. Yeah, because you rinse it, don't you, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So in my
1: it's clean wouldn't share a toothbrush with anybody else okay does that make you feel better or no no all right then. no I'm very much judging you right now I will take that because (laughs) I
0: watched the program yesterday where it said the same thing and the woman was horrified that this guy had shared a toothbrush with someone and and weirdly that you've brought this up today because it
1: got me thinking and I was like oh is that not normal but anyway Right. Anyway, there's a bit on in the leaflet about uh, what can't you catch the virus from? You know, normal things like shaking hands and I think it's kissing as well. Then how safe is it abroad? Again, standard answer. it's HIV is more prevalent in other countries. Follow the advice of this leaflet. Fair enough. And then they give further information. So THT numbers are on there, um, the special aid line number that you man, my hotline. Yeah. I wonder if they answered it special aids line or just aids I'm line, or maybe just aids. Aids. Well, at least should you should you've got to like... the right place, wouldn't you? And then a lovely strap line at the bottom that says, don't aid AIDS. So Wait, hang way. on. I hate it when campaigns do this. Pick one and stick to it. It's like they've got overexcited, just started coming up with strap lines all over the place. Yeah, we don't need more. No. Now, the person that got in contact with us, and I don't know if you're going to leave in the whole question that you read out because you just butchered it so badly, but they had asked us. How was the leaflet received by sexual health professionals? Yeah. And that is a really good question, but one that's actually quite hard to answer. So during the 80s epidemic, there was lots of press coverage about the AIDS campaign, but very little captured about how those working on the front line felt. Probably because it was frowned upon to speak to the press. So there's lots documented about the government feelings towards the ad, and of course the government going, We are just amazing. Because we've done this fantastic campaign and 90% of the UK is aware of AIDS. And of course, we know that there is acknowledgement from leading sexual health professionals that STIs did fall, but it's hard to find anything else. And I think that speaks volumes, Jessica. Because imagine if you worked in a sexual health clinic at the time, and I've never thought about this till we started looking at this leaflet. So you're overrun with worried men, you're having to tell people they've got a few months to live you've got little information about the virus itself. I mean, it must have been a horrendous job. Because up until that point, wouldn't it would have been rare, wouldn't it, to be in a sexual health clinic and have to advise someone that they've got a terminal illness. You're treating STIs, aren't you, that are curable. Yes. The so people are coming in and once they've got over their embarrassment or whatever, it's like, oh yes, you've been diagnosed with this and this is how we're going to treat it. Yeah. They've never come across an STI before that they're like, there's nothing we can do for you. You are going to die. And you just think, well, what support did they have? Did they have any support? Because their role changed overnight. They're suddenly talking about terminal illnesses and death sentences. It must have been awful.
0: So it's not like saying, okay, you have like leukemia or something like that, where your family would rally around and support you. I'm sure for a lot of people that were diagnosed, they were well aware that their families would not react well. So there's almost rejection coupled with getting terminal diagnosis. Mm. That would be unbelievably obviously hard for the people receiving that but like you're saying to be those nurses wow as support workers in any kind of agency you have something called supervision which when I Mm. started at TVPS I literally thought that meant someone's going to supervise my work but what it means is you have counselling because obviously some of the issues that you deal with will have an effect on you so we take like just like we said in the GIA episode now we really try to take care of people's mental health and make sure they're okay. And I just can't imagine what those nurses went through, because I don't think there would have been anything like that back then. I guess peer support would be, you know, talking to your colleagues would be the the next best thing that you had.
1: I never thought about it until we looked at the leaflet, and then I was like, hold on a moment. It must have been awful, absolutely awful. And I don't know how much input into the leaflets and campaign there was from Anybody from sexual health, I know the chief medical officer was involved, but I don't know if there are any representatives from sexual health clinics who are kind of formulating what we should tell the public or whether they were just all too busy dealing with the you know high number of people being infected. Well, if I had to hedge, if I had to hazard a guess,
0: <laughs> I would imagine probably not. Because if we look at the advert and how that was put together, that was what social workers, the army, immigration. Oh, the immigration, yes. Um, so quite possibly they weren't. I imagine all of this would have been done in with that
1: same board, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine it was actually. And I suppose, you know, we can't find many comments from sexual health people about what a fantastic campaign it was. So perhaps they don't think it was. Or maybe they just didn't have time to formulate an opinion at the time because they were swamped with work. A bit like COVID actually, isn't it? but they don't know whether they're coming or going, they don't really know what they're dealing with and they've got no time to kind of think it's just firefighting all the way. Yeah, an amazing question. But I mean, unlike COVID, I don't think
0: anyone was giving them a round of applause or, you know, raising money for them or or helping them out or caring for the NHS or, I don't know, painting. I've seen some people, they painted some of the roads, didn't they, in Slough saying thank you to the NHS. But yeah, they didn't get any of that. No, no, no claps on the doorstep. Although I would also argue, controversial opinion,
1: I just think a pay rise probably would have been better than us clapping on a doorstep. Just goes to show how easy everyone gets sucked in, though. I got sucked into it. I was out there every week having a great time. Just happy to be on my doorstep. I did to start with. The first couple felt like we were all in it
0: together. And then it really just felt like the government were absolutely punishing the NHS a bit. And they were just getting decimated and was clapping being that helpful did did actually anyone want us to clap from the NHS
1: no but, but again it was all smoke and mirrors wasn't it exactly and, uh, they were I think if people had known then how much money was being spent on Covid campaigns and track and trace I think yes we may all have been protesting and saying that money should go to the NHS really shouldn't it
0: absolutely but it's a very good point you bring up because I don't think we talk enough about the
1: medical professionals that had to deal with it during that time no, never given it a thought. So this suggestion to look at the leaflet has been very worthwhile. We've reached the end of the journey now. We've looked at the leaflet. I hope I've done it justice for the person that asked. Um, and they've definitely got us thinking, haven't they, about how things were at the time in sexual health services.
0: And during this episode, this suggestion has
1: been the catalyst for, you know, our new condom campaign, Keith in a Sheath. Oh, come on, everyone. You've got to get on board. Keith in a Sheath. It's going to work. I don't actually know anyone called Keith who confront the campaign. Keith Chegwin. Is he alive? Or Maybe we just rename our condom in the office, Keith. Oh, yes. Keith in the sheath. Or maybe we use Keith. It's Keith, Keith and Orville, wasn't he? Wasn't he called Keith? Is he alive? Oh, I love Keith and Orville. Let's just stuff Orville in a condom. That'll get everyone's attention.
0: <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know who Orville is, he's a green duck puppet. <laughs> that would ruin my childhood seeing Orville in
1: a condom. Well, really. Orville <laughs> constrained within a condom. I, I just feel it. I've lost my mind this afternoon.
0: Well, I think it's just been a lot. It's almost, I think it's too much of that whole um, AIDS campaign, Don't Die of Ignorance, that you hated so much. So now
1: you've just drifted off into hysteria to make it better. To my happy place where Orville's stuffed in a condom. <laughs> Amazing. Loads of people called Keith are
0: auditioning to be in our Keith and the Sheath campaign. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. And then thank you. I
1: realised I've just realised it's not people called Keith, is it? You've just got to call your penis Keith. Go and ask Ben how he would feel about referring to his manhood as Keith. As Keith. Um only if you ask Sean that same question. Just can't do it.
0: Sarah's face is a picture. (laughs) No. (laughs) See, normally you get me with the mean questions. This week I've got you
1: yes i don't think i can ask him tell us
0: what you think tell us what your thoughts are on keith in a sheath excellent
1: we're done thanks for listening to the hiv podcast if you enjoyed our podcast please like rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts you can now also follow us on instagram and tiktok at the hiv podcast for behind the scenes insights and videos